So we started last night talking about breakthrough blockers. And I want to believe that God spoke to us individually. I want us to understand that everything God will do on the earth, just like I mentioned yesterday extensively, God will do through men. If God is going to speak to you, it is only on very few occasions that you will hear the audible voice of God. Oftentimes what God will do is that he will speak to you through men. That's why the Bible says, holy men, they spoke, right, as they were inspired by the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that one day Moses was going about his business and he came across a bush that was burning and was not consumed. And being a shepherd, it was an unusual sight. And the Bible says that he stopped over to look at what was taking place. And the Bible says as he did that, after God realized he had gotten his attention, he told him that the ground upon which he was standing was a holy ground. Now, what made it a holy ground was not because of the location, it was because God was there. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying tonight? So what makes a place holy is the fact that it has been dedicated to the presence and the, the manifestation of God's presence. Anyway, God said to Moses, I have had the cry of my people. He said, but now I am sending, he said, I have come down to deliver them and I am sending you. So it simply means God comes down and visits his people by sending them a man. When God wants to visit you, what he will do is he will send you a man with words. And I strongly believe that in this breakthrough festival, God has sent me to you. You don't need to look anywhere else. You don't need to wonder, as God is God's going to speak to me during this conference, he is going to speak to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has already started speaking to you, and tonight he will yet speak to you. In the name of Jesus. And you see, let me tell you this, it's not the words that is spoken to you that count. It is the word you have received that counts. Because the same word can be spoken to everyone, yet the harvest or the yield will be different. Just like the Bible tells us, right, in the parable of the sower. The Bible says the sower went forth to sow the seed. Same seed, same sower, same quality of seed. The Bible says that some fell by the wayside, some fell, you know, on stony ground, some fell among thorns. And it talks about a fourth category, it says they fell on good ground. Now, the wind that fell on good ground, the Bible told us that some brought forth 30 folds, another 60 fold, and another a hundred fold. So it simply means that even those who received the word, they still received it differently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why in one of his letters, Apostle Paul was writing to one of the churches. He said one of the things he was glad and happy about in that church is that they received the word that came to them as God's word to them. And he now emphasized it and told them. He said, of the truth, when we are speaking to you, it is God's own word. I want you to understand that every time is one of the commitments I've made to God. Every to say, I don't take this work lightly. I know a lot of people, you know, when they've done different things and it doesn't work. You know, say, ah, maybe God is calling me. I'm not one of those people. And some of you know my story. I hear what I'm saying. I'm not one of those people. I left a good career to do what I'm doing. And one of the commitments I made to God and to myself is that every time I stand before his people, I will have something to say as he puts it in my mouth. I hear what I'm saying. I will never be in a place where I will be too afraid or too ashamed to say whatever he tells me to say. Never. So I want you to understand that tonight... 
more than the words of a man, God is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. You see, and don't see, you see, sometimes people are caught away or caught off from what God wants to do because of their expectations sometimes, especially wrong expectations. You see, sometimes you must learn to flow with the Spirit of God. Sometimes He might speak to you in very simple ways. Sometimes, you see, I strongly believe one of the things affecting the average Nigerian Christian and not just Nigerian Christian, African Christians. One of my favorite books is What is Wrong with Being Black? The average black man loves things that are difficult. If you say declare God's word, if you say sit down and receive God's word, and your life is going to change, you say that man has no power. But if you say let us fast for 40 days, biri biri, you say ah, agbarambe. <laughs> there you say that one that simply means there is power. If you say let us go on a pilgrimage on a mountain, it is 350 steps. When we now get to the top of the mountain, you will now shout. Haven't you noticed that when many of those commercial prophets, when they want to get people to pray, they always give them horror movie. He said, yesterday, as I was going, I watched on the TV, how one woman gave birth to a boy that has two heads. And the tail like that of a lion. Oh, what bad? You know, they've just scared you. See, you don't need to be motivated by fear to do what is right. As believers, we live by faith. I hear what I'm saying. So I don't need to have a long beard. I tried to grow one. It didn't grow. <laughs> and I don't have to wear a white garment for you to know that I'm God's mouthpiece to you. I hear what I'm saying tonight. So I want your heart to be open. I want your heart to be receptive. You know, sometimes, someone was asking me, how come you remember everything your pastor says? I said, because every time I listen to him, I position myself as God is about to speak to me. And when God speaks to you, you cannot forget. I hear what I'm saying. Except he didn't speak to you. If he spoke to you, you will remember. Moses, the Bible never told us he wrote down the things God said to him before the Ten Commandments. However, he documented everything. How did he remember? Because it was an encounter. I pray for you that in this breakthrough festival, you will have an encounter with God. In the name of Jesus. You see, sometimes the miracles that take place in our lives does not start outwardly. Sometimes it starts inwardly. And you see, let me tell you this. The greatest of all miracles is the one that starts on the inside. Because it is more sustainable. You see, research has proven that many people that get healed in meetings, that get spectacular miracles, oftentimes they don't sustain it. Why? Because the word that is required, the work that should take place on the inside for sustaining the miracle on the outside is not there. There is a strength that is required on the inside before you can carry what the Bible refers to as the weight of glory. But oftentimes, people are so much focused on, oh, what is going to happen? And trust me, many things are going to happen on the outside. As God has already told us that in this year, congratulations will be repetitive. You know, people cannot say congratulations if you don't see something. You see? So, it simply tells me that great things will happen this year that eyes will see. You will not need to be the one telling people, people will see it. In the name of Jesus. In your work. In your family. In your finances. In your health. Someone that has a long age health issue, it will dry up at this breakthrough festival. I don't care whatever name it is called. Whatever that sickness is, an end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. You know, when the Bible says that God will reveal Rebuke the devourer for your sake. One of the ways the devourer manifests is through, is through sickness. When money begins to flow in a direction, for some people it is not your sickness, it's the sickness of a family member. Every 
anytime a major breakthrough happens, somebody falls sick in the family. That's a devourer. I decree and declare whatever may be devouring God's blessings in your life. And then comes to it tonight. In the name of Jesus. So tonight I want your heart to be receptive. Let it be receptive. Let it be receptive. You see, you may hear certain things you have heard before. But when the Bible, you see, I think it was, it was actually Peter and Paul. That wrote, you know, different letters. And they said it in their letters. It said for us to repeat the same thing again and again. It said for us it is strenuous. But for you it is profitable and needful. People don't hear something once. And people don't learn something once. That's why when you're preparing for exams. Haven't you noticed that the people that do better in exams are the ones that read this more than once? But you that you did crash reading. You will see the question. You will remember you read it. But you'll be doing like this. I see banging the head will make you remember. In fact, they can even scatter what you have arranged. <laughs> you see? So sometimes you need to hear the same thing again and again. That's what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith does not come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. It's present continuous. So sometimes you must hear certain things again and again and again and again. I hear what I'm saying tonight. So tonight, I promised I was going to start with us on the perfect laws of breakthrough, but I'm going to still stay with breakthrough blockers. I have the remaining days to talk about the perfect laws of breakthrough, praise the Lord. And if I don't finish it during breakthrough festival, I'm a pastor, I'm not a visiting evangelist. We'll continue abnormal services. <laughs> praise the Lord. Is a visiting evangelist. Ah, I must share everything, I must mesmerize them. I don't need to mesmerize you. My goal is for you to be established in the truth and to have results. As my goal. That's my not for you to have a notebook full of information. No, that's not the goal. The goal to the end is that is, is to the end that you might be established and have things to show. And so we're going to start out from where we started last night, Genesis chapter thirty-eight and verse twenty-seven to thirty. Genesis chapter thirty-eight and verse twenty-seven to verse thirty. The Bible says, and it came to pass. That at the time for giving birth, that behold, I'm reading from the New King James Version, twins were in her womb. And so it was when she was giving birth, that one put out his hand, and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, saying, This one came out first. Then it happened, as he drew his hand back, or drew back his hand, that his brother came out unexpectedly. In this year 2023, many things will happen to you unexpectedly. Good things will happen to you unexpectedly. In the name of Jesus. And she said, how did you break through? And like I said yesterday, I'm going to repeat it again. Because God is never afraid of repeating himself. That's why in scripture you will see, rejoice again. I say rejoice. You know the word, the phrase, the just shall live by his faith, is mentioned four times in the Bible. Is it that you didn't hear it once? It was mentioned in the Old Testament. It was mentioned again in the New Testament. So I decree and declare once again. That in this year 2023. Many how miracles will happen in your life. In the name of Jesus. Miracles that will make men walk up to you and ask you. How did you do it? How did you get here? How did you get that job? How did you get that contract? How did you get that connection? How did you get that car? That will be your experience in the name of Jesus. You know what will make men ask you? Because they know your size. They know that. uh, uh, uh. 
You know, if someone comes to you now, if a friend of yours comes to you, you know, some of us, someone you are very close to, and the person says, I just bought a car. Come and see it at the car park. If you see a G-Wagon, you see a Toyota Camry, you know, if you know your friend that you know the financial capacity, unconsciously, you will not look at the G-Wagon. You will go towards the Camry. <laughs> Why? Because you know the person's size. If the person has said, no, it is the G-Wagon, what will come to your mind? How? Did you steal it? Was it a gift? I remember when we were on campus in our final year. Oh, I know, I, I think it was 400 level. You know, someone who eventually has become a mentor of mine came to our school. That was, a, I think, the second time I was going to, you know, hear him. And that time after the meeting he was having, he said, how many of you are trusting God for a car? You know, students, you know, where do I want to see a car? You know, some of us just waved it off. So he said, those of you believing God for a car, buy a key holder and bring it tomorrow. Of course, a lot of people didn't do it. And I remember a friend of mine, you know, <laughs> bought key holder. All of us were looking at him for like that day like, this guy, are you all right? Of course, he didn't get the car in 400 level. He didn't get it in 500 level. But when we left school, every one of us discovered that when he finished school, one day, or when we finished school, before he even went for service, one of his aunties just called him. You know, it's always name I can even mention because it's, it's not something he did. Just called him, said, funny enough, we shared the same name. Say, Akitola, come to the house. So he got to the person's house and the, the aunt gave him a key to a car. I said, I have 20 cars. This car, I'm not really using it again. A graduate that does not have a job yet, neither has he gone for service. See, let me tell you this. Every prophecy that has gone over you, it is hanging. It is left for you to bring it to reality. Because God does not waste his words. The one that says he will judge I do what cannot be the speaker of I do words. And so sometimes you need to remind yourself of what God has said. And you need to tell him, God, I have not seen the manifestation of this. It must come to pass. I hear what I'm saying. When God told Abraham at the age of 70 that he was going to have a child, for 30 years nothing happened. God didn't forget. Abraham himself forgot. Because if he had not forgotten, he wouldn't have organized a strategy with his wife to sleep with a housemaid to not have a child. It simply means he had forgotten. But God didn't forget. God allowed him to perform all the gymnastics. The Bible says God waited for him until he had no more strength. The Bible says that his body being now dead. What that simply means is that he could no longer have erection. He was now impotent. God wanted it to be so obvious. Even Sarah had gotten to menopause. God now showed up. I said, are you ready? So God did not forget. Abraham must have thought that. No, oh, maybe God has forgotten. When God showed up, he said, in the, by the time of life, by this time next year, Sarah will be with her. Even when Sarah, she laughed. He said, <laughs> he said ah, your wife just laughed. He said, I didn't laugh. Oh. Because she knew it was ridiculous. In this year 2023, many ridiculous things will happen in your life. In the name of Jesus. Things will happen to you that even when you hear it, you will laugh. In the name of Jesus. In Genesis 21 and verse 6, Sarah said, The Lord has made me to laugh. And all those that hear will laugh with me. I decree and I declare in this year 2023, men will laugh with you. In the name of Jesus. Everyone that has laughed at you, they will laugh with you. In the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say, very big amen. So the Bible says, they asked, how did you break through? This bridge be upon you. Therefore, his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread on his hand. And his name was called Zerah. 
And the New Living Translation says, How did you break out first? It says, so he was named Perez. Then the baby with the scarlet string on his wrist was born and he was named Zerah. In this year 2023, you will come out first. Many miracles of the first will happen in your life. In the name of Jesus. Like I said yesterday, I'm going to say it again. This one is not that God told me. This one, I'm the one instructing you to do it. Look for things. And I believe it's the Spirit of God inspiring me to because I didn't even plan it. It's not in my notes, but it came back to me. Look for things no one has done before in your family. Maybe no one has ever flown before in a plane. You just always escort people to the airport. Make up your mind that this year it will, you will be the first person to break it. Let me tell you this. Some of the things that we take with levity, you are not supposed to take it with levity. I remember I was having a conversation with someone a while back. You know, and my wife was saying, do you know that in their family nobody has ever traveled? And the youngest person, the youngest sibling, they are seven. Youngest sibling is 40. They have never traveled. And you know the way some of us, you know, how we excuse it. Do you have to go anywhere? Ah, you are enjoying limitation without knowing. Even if you have no business, go and do vacation. But they say vacation is beyond your own destiny. The people doing it, do they have two heads? So this year, look for things that has never happened before in your family. Also in your industry. You are a business person, you are a career person. Look for lines no one has ever crossed. It could be in finances, it could be sales. That oh, maybe within the first one quarter of the year, nobody has ever crossed this line of sales. Trust God for it. Trust him for it. And see it happen in your life in Jesus' name. So we said to break through is to overcome the limitations of the past. To do what you've not been able to do. To achieve landmark and exceptional results. And to experience a sudden progress in the pursuit of your goal. And we said there are necessary areas of our lives where we must trust God for a breakthrough. We said number one is in our vocation. In our vocation. And we call that vocational breakthrough. Number two we said in our finances. In our finances. This year trust God for increasing your finances. Trust him. Release your faith. Engage in the covenant. Do what you are supposed to do as a human being. As a responsible human being. And trust God for divine partnership. Because let me tell you this. The price of things may never come down. If you are thinking pick me, we go back to 50 Naira. You are deluded. And if you think it's a Nigerian government thing. Ask those who have jack badge that you know. It's global. Because the Bible says the darkness shall cover the earth. You see, you can't pray against divine agenda. As the end of the age comes, the world leaders will be confused. More stupid people, permit me for using that word, will be elected into office globally. It will make you see how the darkness... You see, even if you don't think that people are becoming more stupid, just check the decisions first world nations are making. When a five-year-old can now decide the sex and say... I don't feel like a boy. I feel like a girl. And you are a boy. And the five-year-old can go for surgery and change the genitals. You already know that people are not just stupid. They are mad. <laughs> Is it those kind of people that can vote the right people into office? No. We saw that in the UK late last year. See how many prime ministers exchange office like clothing within a few months. So it's not about location. It is prophecy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says darkness shall cover the earth. And darkness, I've told us several times, represents confusion and it represents ignorance. And that darkness, let me tell you, Abad certification cannot kill it. It can't. Am I against Abad certification? No. I have global certificates. 
So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that. But I'm telling you that the time is coming. That the only thing that will guarantee your survival is your work with God. I'm telling you. And the time is drawing in. If you are a student of scripture, you will realize that prophecies are being fulfilled faster. Like it has never been. Like it has never been. So trust God for breakthrough in your finances. If you don't need it as a responsible believer, the kingdom needs it. Let me tell you this. The quality of souls you save and the number of souls you save is determined by the resources at your disposal. I hear what I'm saying. You know, most times when people look at the wealthy people, the top richest people in the world, nobody thinks about the fact that they need to be saved. But you know he's a fellow rich person that can talk to them about salvation. Because if you go to them and say, God will bless you, they will look at you. Who is blessed between you and I? So you need it. Apart from that, you need financial breakthrough so that you can have a voice. The Bible tells us about a man in Ecclesiastes. It calls him the poor wise man. Who was living in a city? The Bible says an enemy nation came against his country. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Unfortunately, the Bible says, and no one remembered the poor man anymore. What happened? His wisdom has been removed. Because wisdom that you have that cannot be converted into cash is not true wisdom. Physician, heal thyself. If you are truly wise, it should convert to financial means. So trust God this year. See, all this um, ideology or behavior or religious programming of saying, you know, God, don't give me too much so that I will not sin against you is a lie. There's nothing like that. In fact, poverty leads to so much sin. If you have money, you will serve God better. If you love God, if, if you love God, you see, and you have money, you'll be able to love Him the more. Yes, be able to love Him the more. So get rid of all those religious programs that say, ah, God, I don't want to ask. You know, if somebody has much, it's when you have money that you know some sin will be attractive. The sin is already attractive to you before you had the money. Money simply gave it an expression. Only give it an expression. So trust God for more this year. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, enough of the selfishness. Trust God for more. Trust him for more. Trust him for more. Also, you need to trust God for marital breakthroughs. For some people, the marital breakthrough they need is to have a one year straight without argument and fighting. To be a breakthrough for some families. If you think it's not possible, a miracle is standing in front of you. See, you don't need to believe it. I've told us every time. You really don't need to believe it. But let me tell you this, I'm enjoying my marriage and every devil in hell knows. So if you think it's not possible, it, you see, if you think it's not possible, it will never be your reality. You will, it, will, it will never. There's no way, husband and wife, they will fight. If I call each other, slap each other. Get ready for it because we will slap each other well. Because what you expect is what you will experience. For some people, maybe as a single, it is meeting your life partner this year. Whatever it is, you must trust God for it because whatever you know you are not clear about, even if it is standing before your face, you won't recognize it. You won't recognize it. You won't recognize it. Also, this year, trust God for intellectual breakthrough. Trust Him for divine ideas. Trust Him to, you know, that you will get to a point that your mind will begin to work on another level. That even you, when you come up with certain solutions, you'll be wondering, how did I get it? How did I come up with this idea? You see, before Joseph became prime minister, he had never led a government in his life. He had even never held a political, so, um, a, a political position. So how did he have a political solution? How? That's intellectual breakthrough. You see, many of the things we use today in form of technology, some people discovered it. 
It's the same brain you have. But if you don't trust God for it, He will keep giving you bread and butter. Since that is all you are trusting Him for. God give me food. Give us this year our daily bread. You are still at the level of bread when He wants to give you a bakery. If you trust God for the bakery, I stop asking for bread. I hear what I'm saying. You know, the Bible says bread, it says healing is the children's bread. So it simply means it is children that are always looking for bread. You will get it. In the name of Jesus. You know, there are certain things that sometimes I, by, you know, deliberately have to pray about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And I'm not saying that to make you feel somehow or to make myself seem bigger than I am. Honestly. There are certain things. I remember I was having a conversation with a friend of mine sometimes ago, you know, who was going through a particular experience, you know. And he said, <laughs> he said, Pastor, do you know I never prayed about it? I said, really? You know, there was something else I was saying. I said, you know, I said, I don't know how to say this publicly. I said, but you know, there are certain things that I have never prayed about. I said, because I've gone into a level where, but the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added to you. I said, the people that don't love God the way I love him, they don't pray about some things and it happens for them. So I will never pray about it. I will simply love God more. If he feels I deserve it, he will give it to me. Some of us can't trust God to that level. Say, Father, Father, if you're at that level, still pray. You hear what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong in praying. Because he says, call upon me and I will answer you. But there's a level of maturity that you have and say, no, God, I've asked about this and we ask no more. And we ask no more. And it is not pride. It's fellowship. It's fellowship. Because let me tell you this, you cannot be more concerned for your life than God is for your life. God can mismanage your life. No, he can't. You must get to that point where you realize that God loves you more than you even love yourself. He does. He does. You better believe he does. And also this year, trust God for spiritual breakthrough. So that you will no longer be sleeping off in the place of prayers. So that they will say, oh, let's pray for one hour. Five minutes we have slept off. (laughs) So that when you join the early morning prayer daily, you will not only join. And when everybody has left, you are still there. (laughs) Because you have slept off. (laughs) I'm dialing some people's numbers. <laughs> Just left off. Sometimes I deliberately wait to see the Jonas. Say, ah! What is so long? <laughs> they have slept off. There is a level at which you can operate that way, but outgrow it this year. They can't ask you to pray publicly. <laughs> now say, plus Jesus, my Nosetta, amen. At your level. You can't quote one scripture straight. For John so loved the God that he gave the only word he had. No, sorry. For John, hey, John is his teacher. Uncle outgrow that level. Because let me tell you this: there are things God will never entrust you with on this earth if you don't have the spiritual capacity to sustain it. Oftentimes, many of us just look at you know people that have achieved massive things in the marketplace. They are either in the secret place or in a secret cult. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. <laughs> Ask Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, before Elon Musk bought it over. That guy literally lives a fasted life. If I, you think all those guys in tech, you think all of them are normal. Let me tell you this, the devil moves in the direction of money. If you don't know. Because he knows the power of resources. 
He knows. He knows. There are things that people do in this nation, some that I'm privy to know, by reason of some relationships that I have, you know, who are connected to those people. People make sacrifices on a daily. For you, you want to enter into that same industry. You think everybody, because you are all wearing stiletto shoe, ah, and a man in suits, they all of you, you are normal. You don't know where they went over the weekend. And you, they are saying fast. Say all this thing. God has answered our prayer. The one you did not ask, he answered. Wow. Of the truth, he has answered. I'll say, Mary, mother of Jesus, pray for us. It's not scriptural. There's nowhere in the Bible where the Bible says we should ask Mary to pray for you. Even Mary needs prayer. <laughs> so I will say, Jesus, pray for us. Jesus is not praying. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Spiritual breakthrough, you need it. You need it to the extent that fasting now becomes your lifestyle. You are not looking at fasting as a, as a pastoral punishment. Ah, pastor has come with fasting again. Oh, ah. <laughs> when you hear that a spiritual activity or responsibility is about to take place, you should be excited. You should be excited. When a responsibility is given or a standard is given, you tell yourself, I'm going to go beyond that. Oh, they say we are to fast 12 days, you know, and everybody can break their fast by 3 p.m. or whatever. I will break 6 p.m. You may have never done it before. People would do it. It was one day they started. It was one day they started. And when you begin to break that barrier spiritually, you will realize that other things will begin to break. Other things will begin to break. So we said that if you're going to experience a breakthrough, there are certain blockers you need to take out of your life. Number one, we said is what? What is the first thing? Ambiguity. So in this year, you must be clear. What do you want God to do in this year 2023? What do you want him to do? And you need to be clear in every area of your life, especially the eight domains of life. All through December, I spoke extensively on the power of planning, especially in the eight areas. I won't be surprised if some people are still here now, looking at me, kuro kuro, and did not do anything about it. And you are wondering why a lot of people, their prayer point does not change annually. You know, for many people, their prayer point does not change. It's all across the world. Just realize, if you compare many of say, let me tell you one of the ways you know you are not growing. If your prayer point in 2020 is still part of your prayer point now, and there are things that you know that you didn't take responsibility for, why check it? Many of us don't even have anything to track because you don't document anything. As a father, as you enter this year, just do it. Do what? Even God does not know what you want him to do. Ambiguity is a breakthrough blocker. If you are not clear about what you want God to do, it will be very difficult for him to do it. You need to be clear. What do you want? What do you want? In this year 2023, you have to be clear. Number two breakthrough blocker is fear. Fear. I'm going to reorganize your notes tonight because there are so many things I jumped last night. Fear. Fear. I will see the one talent man. The reason he was given one talent was because it was what? If you were here last night, just say it. It was because it was what? He was afraid. He was afraid. The Bible says the master gave them according to their several ability. Their several ability. So the master already knew that he was a fear-driven guy. So if they had given him five, he would still have eaten it. 
Because it was not a function of what he was giving. It was a function of his ability. And fear will always paralyze your initiative. And like I told us last night, please never forget that fear is more than a feeling. It's a manifestation of a demonic presence. Never forget it. Never forget. It is not normal for a believer. If an average person that is unsaved is afraid, it's normal for them. But for you, because you know, if you are not saved, you are a child of the devil. You are either a child of God or this or a child of the devil. I hope you know. But you don't know. It's better you know. That's why some of us are always say, you know, he's not born again, but he's a good guy. Ah, his father-in-law will visit. He didn't get the gist. He will visit. And you can't send the father-in-law away. He has a right to visit. In fact, he doesn't only have a right to visit. He may decide to stay in your house. And when the devil comes, he does not come alone. He comes with the demon of sickness. Different ones. The same way when God comes, God does not come alone. He comes with blessings. It comes with increase. It comes with advancement. That's what the Bible says in John 10.10. It says the thief comes to steal, right? To kill and to destroy. It says, but I have come that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. So when it comes, what will happen is things will get lost. (laughs) You just realize you are losing your health, losing your peace, losing your mind. So he's not born again, but pastor is a good guy. He has money. But people are so hopeless that the only reason they marry is for money. He won't Those things just come out sometimes. I grew up in a battle, forgive me. <laughs> they say battle, people can insult people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What that simply means in English is the person that has hand that has refused to work is really a lazy man. Did I try? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So don't be afraid. This year, dear the things you have never dared before. In fact, sometimes you make up your mind that this thing, you know, I've not done it before. I will do it. Tell yourself, you see, when you dear things, it increases your capacity. Don't keep trying the things you have always tried all your life. All your total income in 2022 was 100,000 as an example. And now you want to sell financial goal, you are saying 150. You don't need God for that one. That one does not need faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't need anything for that. But when you say from 100,000, 1 million, aha, even you, as you set it, you are just gig him, gig him. Then you know that God, I need you. I need you. Take steps you have never taken before. Take steps you have never, do things you have never done before. And when the fear is about to step in, rebuke it. And God has not given me the spirit of fear. Of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Why did he say sound mind? Because when fear creeps into your spirit, the first place it affects is your mind. You stop thinking correctly. That's why when you are afraid, you you over magnify problems. You over magnify things. What is supposed to be a molehill, you will turn it into a mountain. Remember those words? We are like grasshoppers in their sight, and so were we. How did you know? Did you enter their eyes? You now saw how they are seeing you. But that's what fear does. That's what fear does. Number three is lethargy. 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 If you are lazy, many of the things God wants to do in your life will never be done. You must be given to action. And some of the lethargy you need to get rid of is spiritual lethargy. Spiritual lethargy manifests itself in no prayer, no fasting, no study of the word. No practice of the covenant. Ah, if these four things are missing in your life, you are a dead man walking. You know? 
Spiritual lethargy, I'm going to say that again, is demonstrated through lack of prayer. Lack of word study. Some people pray, 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 pray. They don't read the Bible. Very soon you'll be praying nonsense prayer. That's when they say, let us pray. You say, God, don't let us die. You say, now let us talk to the devil. Those are the nonsense prayer you'll be praying. And some people, they read the word, though, they don't pray. You know, some people glamorize themselves in that, in this age and time. You say, we are word people. Have you heard some people say that? We are, we are word people. You are a nonsense people. There is nothing like that. There is nothing like that. A true believer must be a balance of both the word and prayer. You can't have a word life and not have prayer life. Because Jesus himself, that is the word personified. The Bible told us that he prayed. So, several times he prayed all night. What was he praying about? We are the word now. Just be speaking word. Because several times, we, several things will never happen without prayer and fasting. But Christianity cannot be so contemporary that you don't fast. <laughs> that you don't fast. If you don't want to be slow, fast. The reason why things are so slow in your life, things are taking too long, is because you are not fasting. I say, if you happen, when it will happen, ah, <laughs> don't fast. Stay there. And number three is covenant practice. Covenant, and number four is covenant practice. The second type of lethargy you must be weary of in this year is physical lethargy. Not doing what you are meant to do when you are meant to do it. He said, I will do it later. I will do it later. You are just, you are just, who can fab your bella? You are just dragging. Just dragging. How many of us know what Ela is? The obella. <laughs> Okra. You know how he draws. That's the way some people draw. You give them a responsibility that should take one hour. They will do it for ten hours. You now say, I'm not promoted on the job. How will they promote you? The reason they promote people in the corporate place is that they have the capacity to do so many things and do it within a short period of time. How do I know? I've worked in the corporate environment. You say, I strongly believe, let me tell you this, anyone that will succeed in business ah, and is starting anything that will work must have a corporate experience. Don't let anybody deceive you. Because the average person that calls themselves in this part of the world a business person, they have zero work ethic because they have never worked anywhere. So you wake up when you feel like and you sleep when you feel like. That's what David calls the sleep of death. You are dying while you are sleeping. You know death and sleep, you know it looks alike. Because the man that is there too, is sleeping. It's just that he's own. He's not going to wake. So you, you're already getting close to the dead because you are sleeping too long. Some, they even wake you. You know some people, even when they are sleeping, it's as if someone is dead. You need several people to come and wake them up. As a manifestation of physical lethargy. The body is so much at rest, it does not even want to wake up. Please take the things I'm saying seriously. If I'm speaking to you tonight, you must work on it. You must work on it. When you are sleeping, be sleeping. When it's time to wake up, wake up. You cannot still be feeling sleepy 30 minutes after waking up. I'm say, I just woke up. When did you wake up? One hour ago. And you are still sleepy. That's physical lethargy. That's physical. Say, oh, you are still yawning. Yawning 12 p.m. And it's not like you walked overnight. Ah, something is not right. I hear what I'm saying. Ask your neighbor and say, neighbor, I hope pastor is not talking to you. If pastor is talking to you, it is not right. Do something about it. Something about it. Something about it. Something about it. The other lethargy you must overcome is social lethargy. Social lethargy. Some of us, the reason you don't have quality relationships in your life, and like I already told us, I'm still going to emphasize this tonight, is the reason why we've not broken through where we are is because the quality of people in your life cannot allow you breakthrough. 
are God's method for getting anything done on the earth. If you forget anything, I always say, that is one of the statements you must never forget. I'm saying, for Pastor Mitch, I want relationship, but they are not coming. Eh, they will come to you. You are the one that will go out and initiate certain relationships. <laughs> I remember in December, I told my wife, I was telling her some people, I said, those are going to be my friends in 2023. She said, ah, I was you have started again. I know the people I want to be my friends. And I've already started the process. They don't know, but me, I know. Nobody comes into my life accidentally. Never. My destiny is too precious. Ever. <laughs> there is nobody that can't tell you when that is my friend. I can't tell you when they came into my life. No one. I said, I don't even know. We just became friends. Ah. Never. I was saying, hey, Pastor, I don't, I don't want to disturb. See, there are people you must disturb strategically. There's something called strategic disturbance. You disturb your way into their life. Because where you are, you're already there. You can't leave the place by yourself. You need the input of some other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Social literacy. Don't be too lazy into initiating the relationships that matter to your destiny. The 12 disciples, they didn't come to Jesus. Jesus went after them. That was the son of God. Though. He would have said, men will come to me. I am the son of God. I will magnetize them. He would have magnetized more of Judas. Because when you don't take initiative, the wrong people will gravitate into your life. Number four is irresponsibility. That's the fourth breakthrough blocker. Irresponsibility. Irresponsibility. Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 2 to verse 9. John chapter 5, verse 2 to verse 9. John chapter 5, verse 2 to verse 9. I want us to read it together. And you see the life of an irresponsible man. <laughs> Are we ready? Let's go. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pole, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, out, withered, waiting for the moving of the... See, pay attention to that word. Doing what? Waiting. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. How many years did Jesus spend on the earth? So before Jesus was born, he was already there. You will see that it was not the sickness that kept him there. It was irresponsibility. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie, I knew that he had been now a long time in that case. I pray for you tonight. Whatever it is that has been in your life for a long time, that even you, you have stopped recognizing. May God bring an end to it. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus saw him, he knew this was not prophetic. Jesus just knew that the way this guy is, is already you. You know, there's a way you can adjust to sickness. You know, say, my sickness. You can even adjust to poverty. You can adjust to bad situations. Because let me tell you this, the Holy Spirit taught me something years ago. Whatever you don't attack immediately, you will get used to. You will get used to it. The moment you don't attack something immediately, you will adjust and adjust until it now becomes normal. You will now give reasons for why it should be happening. <laughs> Bible says in verse 7, okay, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, Will you be made whole? Number seven, seven, the impotent man. So it simply means that sickness had even made him impotent. We only knew that he was a crippled man. 
Did you notice that? Let's keep reading. The impotent man answered him, Sir. I want to interpret it in my excuse, In case you don't understand, I have no man. Is that the question they asked him? It's a simple question. Do you want to be healed? His response, Sir, I have no man. When you talk, we know what your problem is. You may not know, but we know. Because what the problem is is often revealed in the conversations of men. He said, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another person steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And what happened? Immediately, the man was made old and took his bed and walked. So he waited for 38 years for Jesus to tell him what he could have done. Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't say, bring anointing oil. Let me pour it on this man. Jesus didn't say, Peter, hold his hand. Hold his head. John, hold his hand. Me, I will hold his leg. Jesus said, pick up your bed and walk. He now dawned on him. Ah! And immediately. See, it was actually not documented in the right order. The right order is, and immediately he took his bed, he walked, and he was made whole. Because the healing came as a result of obedience to instruction. You will never receive from God if he gives you an instruction and you don't obey it. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? So the man could have done that in faith. He could have done that in faith. He could have decided that in faith. Even though nobody has told me to walk. Let me try this thing. Let me try it. If he had done it in faith, God would have responded the same way God responded here. He didn't have to wait for Jesus. He didn't have to wait for 38 years. Many of us are irresponsible. But you know how we excuse it? I'm waiting on God. A lot of believers... Unfortunately, are you responsible? Why haven't you done this thing? I'm waiting for the go ahead. Believers are not waiting for go ahead and they are doing things. Why is it that God is saying, ah, I didn't give you go ahead? Stop here. You are waiting for go ahead. You see, God is so faithful that sometimes, even if you have not had him and you are in motion, if you're on the wrong path, he will stop you. But at least make him move. I'm saying you are waiting on God. Why you are waiting on God? He's waiting on you to do something. He's waiting on you. You are waiting on God to start the business. You are waiting on God to wax that babe out. And you have been doing umbrella ministry around that for two years. They ask her, what are you guys doing? Say, we are just friends. They ask you too, we are just friends. Hero, enemy, le baje. We are just friends. We are just friends. We are just friends. And you are chasing away other potentials. We are just friends. We are just friends. I'm open up my mouth and talk, man. Stop waiting on God. God will not tell you that. You are the one that will take responsibility and say, as a man... It's time to marry. And put a ring on the finger. And don't keep the ring for more than six months to one month. And to one year. Or else it becomes a golden handcuff in disguise. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And ladies, when they give you a ring, I say, will you marry me? They just, ah! Yes. Ask a follow-up question. What's the follow-up question? Yeah. When? You are a true daughter of Gato. <laughs> I remember a couple of weeks ago, you know, I proposed to my sister-in-law. So, I was invited there. So, I just, I already knew the guy they've introduced him to. So, as we were going to the car, I asked him. I hope he's watching now. <laughs> so, I asked him. I said, so, when? If she can't ask, I will ask on her behalf. <laughs> when? So, he said that in three months. I said, correct guy. Chop knock, chop knock. You can't be around a put ring in your hand. It's not a testimony if there is no date. Because people have worn rings for four or five years. It's not a testimony if there is no date. So, don't over rejoice over an incomplete testimony. Of you don't like me, it's fine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, irresponsibility is a breakthrough blocker. 
is a breakthrough blocker. If you don't take responsibility for your life, certain things may, ever, may never happen. Another thing that we should consider is, okay, let's even assume the guy couldn't walk by himself. It says that an angel comes once a year to stir up the waters. If you didn't know the time the angel comes in the first year, at least the second year, you should have an idea. If it came to you as a shock in the first year, it should not be a surprise in the second year. Let me tell you, please, these people don't make a mistake twice. The first time is a mistake, the second time is a choice. You don't make a mistake twice. You don't. You don't. Especially if you are an adult that has a normal working mind. You don't make a mistake twice. You are either irresponsible the second time or you chose to walk into that area. So you saw the water stand up the first year, the second year, the third year. At least by the fifth year, you should begin to recognize the pattern. That this thing, it seems as if it happens between May and July. So by April, just put your leg inside the water. That any time the angel comes, it will meet me inside the water. Irresponsibility. This year, you cannot afford the responsibility in your life. How does irresponsibility matter? Because some people say, ah, me, I'm not irresponsible, I'm not irresponsible. Let me show you two scriptures that will blow your mind. Proverbs 21 and verse 25. 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 You see, we, I can spend the next five days of the, of the five days of this breakthrough festival just declare words over us, prophesy over us, and you know I can operate in that realm. But let me tell you this. You need to understand these things. As simple as they are, it can limit a destiny. The Bible says the desire of the slothful man kills him. Why? Because his hands refuse to labor. He wants to drive G-Wagon, but he has a minimum wage work ethic. How will he happen? How will he happen? He's sleeping for four hours. He wants to live the life of a billionaire. How will it happen? That's your responsibility. And the second one will shock you. Proverbs 26, verse 15. Proverbs 26 and verse 15. I love the way this one put it. He says, his hands refuse to labor. So Proverbs 26 and verse 15. We will all read it together. This one we shall read together. And I want you to mark it in your Bible. Are we ready? He said, the slothful man, let's go. The slothful man hides and in his bosom. It grieves him to bring it again to his what? So it simply means people can be so lazy and irresponsible that even when food is on the table, they are looking for somebody to feed them. But come and say, hey, I'm not that irresponsible. And when you are waiting for others to do things that you should do for yourself, that's you, the Bible just described. Your own may not be food. Your own may be the searching for jobs and business opportunities. And nobody is sending me job opening. They should send it to you. To you, wow, there's no I've not seen them um, clients, so clients will look for you out of every competition. You are the one that will deliver for, they don't even know you exist. The hallmarks of irresponsibility number one is lack of initiative. You're always waiting for things to happen, you don't take responsibility for things. Lack of initiative. The second sign of irresponsibility is waiting on other people's help and promises. Waiting on other people's help and promises. Some people have been limited because of a promise an uncle made to them. When you leave school, I will give you a job. Now you left school, you went to them and said, Ah, oh, actually that job. So you are not looking for a job again. You are waiting on someone else's promise. Number three is habitual lateness. Is irresponsibility. Sometimes when people give lateness um, traffic as an excuse in Lagos, I'm wondering, are you alright? You grew up in this city. 
Everybody knows in Lagos there is always traffic. Traffic is a normal thing. In Lagos, your traffic can never be your excuse for anything in Lagos. It can be. It's the same thing with almost every metropolitan city. You say traffic of Lagos is bad. If you know anybody living in LA, let them tell you the traffic of Los Angeles is worse than Lagos. <laughs> so if you think traffic will one day miraculously disappear in Lagos, it may never disappear because the city is growing by the day. Maybe 100,000 people left to go home for village during Christmas. You know how many people came with them? 400,000. 100,000 people have come back. That's why you notice that in January, the traffic, you're just wondering where did all these people come from? What a day. Because some people, when they were going in that December, they promised some people, when I come in Christmas, I will take you. Because you, that you grew up in Lagos, in Abeokuta, in your state, you don't know that the Nigeria in Meduguri, in Yola, in Ondo, is not the same Nigeria. If you go to some places in Nigeria, you'll be wondering, am I still in Nigeria? So to a lot of people, Lagos is London. To arrive in Lagos is a breakthrough for some family. So you have been in the city, you are saying traffic. And the reason I came late is traffic, traffic, traffic. They are working for me, you give traffic an excuse for one week and we fire you straight. Now work from home on your own. Because I went to the same traffic and I arrived early and I didn't come in a helicopter. Extreme laziness is another sign of irresponsibility. Constant excuses is another sign of irresponsibility. Failure to deliver is irresponsibility. Those of us that are entrepreneurs in the house and your job has to do with delivering things. When you make a promise, it is a sign of responsibility to make sure you fulfill that promise, even when it's not convenient. You can't tell someone you will get the job delivered. By this time next week, the day came, the customer didn't call you because they're also trying to reason with you. And maybe you could not deliver. Two days after the promised date, you see I've not called. You see I've not called. They now call you, you are now cutting the call. The third day they call you, your phone is now switched off. I had one excuse somebody give one day. He said, because when they are calling me too much, I'm under pressure. I said, who else should be under pressure but you? You promised three days ago, you didn't deliver. They're not saying you are under pressure. You should be on. You should become the pressure. He said, "I don't like pressure. You know, I can't work again under pressure." And most times, go and check it. Is it responsibility? Is mismanagement of time? The time that you should be delivering, working on making sure the delivery takes place. You are watching Netflix. Say, "I film you doing Odu. I hear that you do. Odu, film to do. The only way life can be sweet is for you to do the right thing. See, haven't you noticed that the pleasure gotten from entertainment is short-termed? After you get it, your problem is still waiting for you. In fact, most times, after you get entertained, after the euphoria, you realize the problem has become bigger. That's one of the problems of substance abuse. People say drink to forget your sorrow. Get high to forget your sorrow. After you have come down from the high, the problem is still there. It's still there. It has not gone. You are the one that transferred yourself or is it translated yourself to a world of delusion where you thought it had left. And you can't live in that world permanently, in that realm. You must still come back to the normal realm where your house rent is waiting. It's still waiting. Number, number what now? I don't know. The number has been... 
<laughs> just get it. The number is not what makes it deliver results. It is getting the right thing. I know I gave some yesterday that I didn't mention yet. Spiritual deafness, I mentioned that yesterday, so I'm not going to belabor that. Isolation, I mentioned that yesterday. So let's go back to the topic of low self-esteem. It's a major breakthrough block, and that's where I'm going to spend the rest of the evening. So let's go back to that story in Numbers chapter 20, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, yes. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. We're going to read it again. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Numbers chapter 13 and verse 26. So the Bible says, and they came. Sorry, and they went and came to Moses. Who are the day the Bible is talking about? The 12 emissaries, the 12 spies. Out of them was Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says they came to Moses and to Aaron. And to all the congregation of the children of Israel. Unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh. And brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation. And showed them the fruit of the land. And they told Moses and said, We came unto the land that you have sent us. And surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Etites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Keep going. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the people, the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which we have gone to search is a land that eats up the inhabitants. Thereof, all the people that we saw, in it are men of great stature. So the problem, okay, so verse 33, the Bible says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. Ask your neighbor an honest question. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? God can't lift you beyond that you see yourself. He can't. What you see about yourself and what you think about yourself incapacitates God to move in your life. God can make you a giant if you keep seeing yourself as a grasshopper. See, what they didn't understand is this. The giant they saw in the land, the giant was not, was not positioned there to keep them out. The giants were there to keep the land for them. Because if there were no giants there, other people would have possessed the land. But they had something every other person they have. They had a promise from God that that was their promised land. So whatever they may have seen in that land, it shouldn't have bothered them. Why? Because God has said this is our land. Only God knows if they are trying to move into that land at that time, maybe the giants would have even welcomed them that we have been waiting for you all these years. We have been keeping this place for you. Only God knows what would have happened. But they say we are not able. The Bible says, and as a result of that, the acts of the people. Is there another verse after that? I'm not sure. Can you go to the next verse? If there's another verse, okay. Okay. The Bible says, And all the congregation, chapter 14 and verse 1, lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Why did they weep? Because they were under the wrong leadership. Under the wrong leadership. Under the wrong leadership. They cried. They said, ah, we are not able of the truth. We are not able. We can't go to the land. And they stayed in the wilderness for many other decades. 
people will rather stay in comfort and limitation than take steps out of their comfort zone. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Sometimes you need to create discomfort for yourself. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you need to create things in your environment just to create a change. So you don't get familiar and used to the way things have always been and the way they are. Am I making sense tonight? Hmm. So Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers, number one. And number two, they saw themselves as not being able. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 32 to 35. And I'm going to tie everything together. I want us to, in the next few minutes that I have, I'm going to, we are going to write a lot. Because what I'm about to share with you, you must document it as a reference. Because I've always wanted to talk about this for so long, but I didn't have the time. And I made up my mind, I must talk about it, you know, during this Breakthrough Festival. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 to 35. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 to 35. The father of David had just sent him to the battleground to take food to his brothers. Nobody knew what was happening in details. But the Bible says for 40 days, right? That's the background story. For 40 days, Goliath had been showing up every day, speaking to the army. Give me a man. And we fight against me. If I win, everybody becomes a slave. If he wins, we become your slave. And for 40 days, the Bible says that the people became afraid. But David did something different. The moment he showed up on the battleground and he had Goliath, he did something about it immediately. There are certain things you must not expose yourself to more than once or else it will gain access into your spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, and David said to Saul, even the king himself was not afraid. The 17 year old boy had to tell the king, I can do it. What the whole nation, the elite army is afraid of doing, he said, I can do it. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart feel. You can see a 17 year old boy is now encouraging the king. Ah, that king, why are you shaking like this, like jellyfish? We can do it. He said, let no man's heart feel because of him. Your servants will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Ah, you are not able. Be careful what people say to you and what people say around you. He said, You are not able to fight against this Philistine. Please keep going. For he has been fighting since he was a youth. And he, a man of war from his youth. Can you see that? Saul's mind was no longer working right. What reason did he give for David not being able to kill Goliath? He said, Because he was a youth. Who was David? A youth. So if David does not start fighting as a youth, when will he be able to defeat giants in his life? And David said unto Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and I took the lamb and took the lamb out of the flock. Keep going. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when, I, when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Why was David able to do these things? Because of how he saw himself. Because my journey is still very far. Let me just paraphrase. The Bible says, eventually, when he stood before Goliath, and Goliath said, Ah, what is this small boy? Goliath, and David said to him, He said, I have not come to you alone. I have come to you as a representative of God. It was about how he saw himself. How do you see yourself? A lot of us engage in self-sabotage. We'll pray mighty, thunderous prayers. 
When prophecies are released, we shout amen. Even the devil is afraid. The way this person is receiving this prophecy, I'm in trouble. But after church service, when an opportunity comes to you, you say, eh, I am not able. A job opportunity shows up. They say qualification. They say, I don't have the qualification. So you don't submit. Many people have gotten jobs they were not qualified for. But they submitted the application anyway. Earlier today, I heard about someone's testimony who was supposed to have a meeting in the UK, you know, in December. And when he was going to submit, you know, um, um, what they call it now, whatever, submit everything that needed to be submitted for the UK um, visa application. Normally, UK application, you know, anybody that's done that before, you know, it takes seven to eight weeks. As I when they did the submission, the meeting was going for was in three weeks' time. But he submitted anyway. And as he was submitting, the paper he submitted to the we still telling it takes eight to seven weeks. He said seven to eight weeks. He said he went to the website. Their website, or, I'm sorry, their um, account on Instagram, and still saw that anyone that wants to spend Christmas in the UK should apply now because it takes seven to eight weeks. He said, but he submitted anyway. He said, and every day the devil will remind him, you will miss that meeting. It is seven to eight weeks. He said, as the word comes to his mind, he will keep saying to himself, I will get my visa in less than three weeks. He kept saying it, I will get it, I will get it. He got it in two weeks, 14 working days. See, some barriers, let me tell you something before you clap. Barriers, the reason barriers are placed in life is to keep the fearful out. You don't understand. Protocols are in place to keep the majority out. Because the moment people see a barrier, the average person will tell themselves, ah, they have put a barrier. So the barrier will no longer be there physically, it will now enter the mind. So they will not even make attempts. That's why I told you this year, apply for jobs. That are bigger than your qualification. If you don't get it, you have not lost anything. But you have done something you have never done before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Submit proposals to places where people like you, like you tell yourself, don't submit proposals. You know, some people have so reduced themselves that, ah, when they see some people, they say, in their mind, you already believe. See, everybody was born the same way. Either through normal delivery or through CS. We all came to the world naked. Nobody is more special than you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The reason some people achieve something better or they're achieving better things is because they believe in themselves more. It's a question of how you see yourself. And let me tell you this, this issue of self-esteem, you must work on it. I've seen anointed people they have serious self-esteem issues. So it's not a matter of anointing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I've seen people that are not anointed, that are not even saved, who have good self-esteem. That's why the Bible says, I've seen an evil upon the earth. It says, the children of God, they are walking, but servants, the unsaved, they are riding on horses. Why? Because believers don't think that they deserve the horses. They don't think so. They even give excuse to themselves. Say, God, don't give me too much so that I will not sin against you. They are praying the prayer of Lemuel. Was Lemuel saved? Praying the prayer of an unsaved man. Those words in Proverbs was not even the word of Solomon. I hope you know that it's not everything Solomon said that you can even receive in the Bible. Because Solomon, at a point, he went crazy when he began to marry different babes. 
the Bible says, and the women turned his heart away from God. So the Solomon that was saying vanity upon vanity is not the Solomon you should listen to. That was Solomon in his fallen state. That's why you must read your Bible. The vanity is upon vanity. You too, you are quoting it. You have not achieved anything in your life. You are saying vanity. It's only Solomon that has said that because you already had it. If you are still struggling with thousands, you are saying vanity. See, have the vanity first. You should now say vanity upon vanity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of believers have limited themselves by saying so many nonsense things. Say, we brought nothing to this world, we take nothing. Are you the one that will tell us before? Have you seen anybody drive a car to their grave? Of course we know. You don't need to tell us that. But drive it. Because let me tell you this, there are certain people you can never reach if you don't drive certain cars. And it's not materialism. Don't let anybody kid you. (laughs) I remember there was a time, many years ago, we we're going to do something that time, so we sold our car <laughs> on, on that CRV. So we sold it. And for a couple of weeks, we didn't have a car. I remember that time, you know, when my mother in law came around, you know, she was not happy. You know, there are some things you can't explain to the older generation, like covenant practice. You can't explain it. You can't. Because even some of us in our generation, you are just getting it. And some people are still confusing you. They say they are looking for your money. It's not every pastor that is looking for your money. The one standing in front of you does not need your money. I hope you know. I'm trying to congress with you. If I tell you something, I'm telling you to help you. There are things I have done. Some of us have left certain levels many years ago. Some people are still trying to struggle with it. Some people argue over 10% tight. I stopped paying 10% over 15 years ago. Over 15 years ago. Till I die, I can never do 10%. What's 10%? Um, and I say, is, is it 10% on the gross or 10% on the net? Net is called networking. <laughs> well, those are necessary arguments. Anyway, so when my mother-in-law came, she was not happy. But me, when I say things like that, I just carry my face like I didn't see. Like the Yorubas will say, Entoba, would you, will my pombino. Is the one that is looking at the face of the bride. I know she's not happy. So I just took my face. I told her. So when she left, I gingered my wife. Because women are easily affected by things. What's happening to my mind today? I shall preach this word. <laughs> ginger <laughs> that's why as a man you must know how to talk i tell some men there are certain things you don't tell yourself your wife yet until you have achieved victories in those area you are going through something you come you come to tell her it's all of you are now depressed this precious man their wife what's wrong with you so i gingered her so eventually when we bought a car we bought a camry and that day went to you know my mother-in-law was going to visit so i told myself let's go and pick her from the bus stop so when I picked that and she felt the AC, she said, ah, alone, doom. God is sweet. <laughs> but you know, a Camry is still a Camry. Because in this part of the world, people respect SUV more than Salunka. Don't let anybody deceive you. There were places that my wife and I would go. I remember when using that Camry, we could not enter. When we changed our car to an SUV, there was a place. We were not even aware. We went to that same place. And normally that they will say, why then? Why are you asking for? They just open the gate. Ah! I say, this is what the scripture says. Oh, lift up your head, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door. We were not the ones they opened the door for. It was the car. Don't let anybody kid you. See, all these Christianities, hey, this is, this world, not it's on, have the vanity first. Have it. And people say, hey, well, there's no difference between iPhone and Canada. Have the iPhone first. Don't let anybody lie to you. So if you don't use it, if you desire, you say, God, I desire it. I'm not there yet. 
Oh, don't let anybody lie to you. There was iPhone 14 Pro Max and the, the techno. It's night and day. It's just like, who even said it? I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the right job for second. Have you seen Phoenix? Now I use Apple. There is a difference. Does anybody deceive you? Wonder when you buy after three months, he's angry. You want to send a document, he sends you a wrong email. Because while it is hanging, that does not happen with an iPhone. Except it's iPhone 5S. In 2013 or 2023. How are you getting what I'm saying? See, I'm not just trying to make you laugh. I'm trying to work on your mind. As a believer, there's a way you think. You say, all the goods of this world. So when God created the earth, who did he create it for? For the devil and his children or for you? We have left so many things. Like, oh, this thing, you know, I hear a son, near son here first. Have the son. Have it. Have it. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So, self esteem has two interrelated components. Number one is self efficacy. This is the part where you're going to take notes. And number two is self respect. Self efficacy and self respect. Self-efficacy is based on confidence in the face of life's challenges. And that's why they said we are not able. Because they were confronted with a challenge. And they said, ah, in comparison with our ability, we are not able. That's self-efficacy. Self-respect is a sense of being worthy of the good that wants to come to you. And that is when they said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So, as grasshoppers, how much does a grasshopper eat? Very small. A grasshopper does not need too much. That's why sometimes most believers say, oh, we don't need too much, you know. I, I just want to be okay. Just want to be okay. Just want to be okay. You are not okay if you are just okay. You cannot just want to be okay. So, those are the two interrelated components of self-esteem. The moment you start thinking, going for certain things, like your dream is too much... Low self-esteem is creeping on you already without you knowing. And you think certain things are too much. You know, these things are too big. <laughs> to face life with a low self-esteem and a poor self-image is to be at a severe disadvantage. That's why those of us that are parents, one of the things we really need to start working on very early in children is their self-esteem level their esteem level, how they see themselves the things they say about themselves unconsciously even when it's not solicited for people that are around when you say something unconsciously I correct you immediately whether you ask it for no or not especially when you are saying wrong things about yourself Ah, how does that come out of your mouth it becomes toxic to my hearing I ah, no 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 can't be saying that can't be saying that some of us, there are things we're already used to saying, and we don't know that the more you say it, the more you damage your self-esteem. Self-esteem is how we value and perceive ourselves. Self-esteem is based on your opinions and beliefs about yourself. It is also the level of confidence you have in your own worth and your abilities. What are the subtle signs of a low self-esteem? The subtle signs, I need to pay attention to this. Number one is desperation for attention. Desperation for attention. When everything you do, you are not doing it for personal fulfillment. 
You are not doing it to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. You are doing it because you want people to notice you. It's a subtle sign of low self-esteem. The reason you're buying that cloth, the reason you want to achieve that goal, is so that, ah, they will take. It's low self-esteem. The second subtle sign is an obsession with perfection as an, accept, as, a, as an attempt for acceptance. Obsession with perfection. Most people that are perfectionists, oftentimes, is because they want to be accepted. An obsession with perfection as an attempt for acceptance. Number three, inability to laugh at yourself because you are taking yourself too seriously. Some people, if they crack joke about them, the way they will just change their face. What do you mean? You are attacking my personality. What's your personality? You're going to laugh. The Bible says even he that sits in the heaven shall laugh. God is laughing. You, you are frowning. Whose child are you? People take themselves too serious, they can't laugh. Life is too serious. You know that one of the things Samson dealt with was so low self-esteem. And he never fulfilled his destiny. On the day of his wedding, he gave a redo. The wedding was supposed to be a place of relaxation and fun. He was just taking, everything was a conquest to him. Everything was a battle that he needed to win. So he gave a redo and told the guys, the groomsmen, if you don't get the answer, you will give me clues. So those ones cheated and got the answer. Out of anger. He was so angry they got the answer. He burnt the field of his in-laws. The people related to his in-laws, the Philistines. And he walked away from the marriage. He could not enjoy the moment. Some of us were like that. When they make a joke about, ah, why is your shoe like this? What do you mean? Are you saying my shoe is not good? I got, ah, ah. We are just trying to crack joke. Oh, guys, it's not that serious. Like we say in this age and time, it's not that deep. Take it easy. See, if you are like that, you really need to work on it. And I'm going to give us solutions tonight. How to deal with the slow self-esteem. Another subtle sign is disinterest in enjoying yourself and your personal company. Some people, when you see them always going out, always going out, every weekend, party in a always is a last sign of low self-esteem. Because you cannot be alone by yourself and enjoy your own company. You must be with other people. It's a subtle sign. Another subtle sign is consistent emotional reaction about issues that should simply be logical. You explode emotionally about things that is just simple logic. Another subtle sign is isolation in social gathering. You say, I mean, I'm a quiet person. I'm a quiet. No, you are not a quiet person. You are a low self-esteem person. Because it's a social gathering. If you are not going to be social, there's no point going there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And many of these things, it was programmed into us growing up. You know, one of the things they told us growing up, especially if you grew up in the Yoruba household, they said, when an adult is talking, what do they tell you? You don't look at the adult in the eye. It's low self-esteem. Many people have been rejected visas because of that without knowing. Because when you go to American embassy or to the Western countries embassy, when you are not looking at someone in the, lie, in the high, their own interpretation is you are lying. So you are not bold enough to say the truth. So once you are, you know, you are looking away, they will, oh, this one is a liar. It's all, palm, come back to They keep stamping the pastor. And you are saying, oh, God, God, you are the one. It's no self-esteem that is holding you back. I hear what I'm saying. 
They ask you a question with a smile on your face. So where's the document? No, I don't have it here. Why? I actually forgot it. You see with confidence, you know, at this one, he actually forgot it. I said, where's it? Uh, actually. And you know people always start with actually. <laughs> Even with all the documents, as you want to pass it on, they say, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You know, but at this time, we don't feel what those things they say to them. They just say, come back. They give you the yellow slip. It's low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Another subtle sign is that you are touchy with corrections. Say, pastor was preaching about me. Who else should I preach about? You are the one sitting under me. Should I preach about someone on the road that has never had me before? No, you are the one that we preach about. So today, isn't it amazing that the things that somebody takes personal, the reason why they leave church is the reason why some people stay. That are today, pastor spoke about me. It's as if God just spoke to pastor about me. Everything pastor was just, was just aligned. That's the reason some people leave. And that's the reason some people stay. The problem is your esteem. It's not what pastor is saying. It's your self-esteem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's self-esteem. Another subtle sign is you can't enjoy accomplishments privately without bringing it to public notice. It's a sign of slow self-esteem. Some of us seem as if I'm getting across to everybody, right? Some of you, if you buy something, the next thing must go on Instagram. You can't enjoy it personally. There's no personal fulfillment to your accomplishment. It must be brought to public notice. Everybody must know. For the first time, you just went to my... Everyone was. It's the normal life of some people. Here at Marriott, we record all the food. Gen Z behavior. You are programming yourself for low service. Because many things you are not now doing. It. The question you need to ask yourself is why? Why am I doing it? People can no longer enjoy the accomplishment personally without bringing it to public notice. Better turn off the alarm. I shall finish this tonight. <laughs> should I finish it or we should carry you back tomorrow? Another subtle sign is the fear of sounding stupid during inquiry. One of the things I've said to the people around, I'm saying it publicly, if you're a member of the Gate Church, please listen to this. Especially for those of us that work in a corporate setting. Because I've been there, so I know how these things work. When you are asked the question, or sorry, when a speech or meeting has been done, and they ask, do you have the question? Always have a question. When you always have a question, it will get you noticed in the marketplace. But every day, you are the one that does not have question. Everything will hear, you understand everything. In fact, if you don't have a question, let me teach you how to do it. Huh? Say, sir, I have a question. What is the question? Always start with, if I heard you correctly, I believe what you said is, because what you heard may not be what was said. You've just asked the question. So the person will now re-explain what they have said and they have taken note of it, even though you don't have a question. Let me tell you this. If you don't ask a question, or sorry, if someone asks a question, you may look like a fool for five minutes. Everybody may look like you like, ah. But they've answered that question now. But if you don't ask the question, you will remain a fool forever. Because you will assume you know what you really do not know. Always have questions. Always. 
But those of us in the corporate environment always have questions. Let see have the reputation for being the person that is always asking questions. It's a good thing. Your colleagues may be laughing at you, but the people that need to take note of you, they are already taking note of you. If everybody is keeping quiet and no question, nobody is noticing you, you will get lost in the crowd. Another subtle sign is intimidation by other people's results instead of being inspired by it. Intimidation by other people's results instead of being inspired by it. Some of the things that causes low self-esteem, number one, is poverty. Because let me tell you this, nobody was born with a low self-esteem. It was programmed into people. When you give back to a child, the child comes with a clean slate. But over the years, things are programmed into that child. And one of the things that causes low self-esteem is lack of poverty. That's why you hardly see, there are some, but you hardly see the child of a rich man with low self-esteem. You hardly. But there are some. There's just that confidence. Number two is parenting. A parent with a low self-esteem cannot raise a child with a good self-esteem. You can only give what you have. If it's not in you, it's not in you. It's like picnic. He's not there. <laughs> Number three is culture. Some of us need to question our culture. The things we have believed as tradition that we have held on to, we need to question those things. Some of us, our culture have programmed us for low self-esteem. I don't want to go into details because of time already being spent. Number four is internalized failure and disappointment. If you have experienced failure over time, especially in a particular area, you may have a self-esteem issue in that particular area. So every time you want to do that thing again, the confidence is not just there. Because something tells you, I have failed here before, I will fail here again. That's why you must never take failure personal. Failure as a person is different from failure as an event. It was that thing that failed, you are not the failure. Always remind yourself of that. Number next is unnecessary exposure to other people's success. Sometimes it creates low self-esteem. That's why you notice that in this age and time, as people are slaying the more, a lot more people are having low self-esteem. Why? Because of the advent of social media. So you are seeing other people's life in comparison to your own life. So, see, you cannot be too inspired. Over time, over-inspiration leads to depression. I'm telling you. You say, yeah, the reason I'm following these people. Ah, this person just bought this. Ah, that person just bought that. Ah, did you see what this person just did? Before you know it, inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. You don't know when you convert to depression. I say, God, when? God, I beg. <laughs> you don't need to be too exposed to other people's success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you notice people's timeline is depressing you, unfollow them. It doesn't make you enemies. You are simply protecting your mental health. Doesn't make you enemies. Or you keep exposing yourself, keep exposing yourself. You, you have never seen airports before. This person went on 10 vacation in a year. And you used to know each other. And now be asking yourself, which head did I bring to the world? You know that's no longer faith. You already th- Now, the things that are working in your own life, you will no longer notice it. And things are working in your life. Because God is so faithful, He will never allow everything to go bad in your life at the same time. The reason you think nothing is working is because you are overexposed to other people's life. And let me tell you this, life is seasonal. 
Some people, that's why, as a believer, you need to understand the ways of God. Some people that seem to be doing well now, in the next 10 years, they may not be doing well. A friend of mine was sharing something with me. Very successful guy. You know, and it was sad. I don't want to give too many details because some of us will have an idea of what I'm talking about. You know, because some of us who my friends are. <laughs> he was talking about the church where they grew up in. And he said, ah! Don't worry, I shouldn't say that story. Praise the Lord. Number next. The reason why I'm not saying it is because I've not asked for permission to share it. That's how to do things. Number next. It's toxic alliances. The people you call friends have a, they have a great effect or they are a great determinant of your esteem level. If all your friends have low self-esteem, you will have it. You cannot be insulated from your friends' esteem level. You cannot. I call them toxic alliances of comfort or destructive relationships of comfort. If you are too comfortable among your friends, you don't need those relationships. You can keep them in one corner, but you need new relationships. You need friends that will push you out of your comfort zone. People that will tell you this year, last year, you made, let me keep going back because I don't want to give some figures so some people will not feel too intimidated. But I think I should give the figures, be intimidated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So last year, you made five million or you saved five million. That was your savings. You know? And this year, they said, no, you know, our savings this year, our goal is 20 million by December. First thing, eh? Where do I want to see it? But it puts you under a good pressure to get to work. One of the things I love about my mentors and my spiritual parents is they don't allow us to be comfortable. In this first time I'm saying this publicly. A spiritual mom is going to be here during the Breakthrough Festival. One of the things she does for us every year are is that she set savings some of us are hearing from me for the first time savings targets and it's not that you will tell ah they have saved this it's a group so everybody knows the savings of everybody so if you want to have no self-esteem cuckoo have it <laughs> and she says it without apology she removes people from her mentorship every year without apology there was a time she has even removed my wife and she's, she's that you think I'm blunt wait until you hear her she's coming don't worry I got it from somewhere. <laughs> and every year she doubles it. When I saw the figure this year, I told my wife, we will do it. We are the ones that did that. Over. And it's not that you come and collect your money. It's your money. At the end of the day, you are the one that will withdraw it yourself. But the money you can't have access to it. So as we are saving it, it's increasing. And you can see every other person's savings. What's that kind of relationships you need in your life? The relationships that you didn't do it. They say, don't worry. This year, they keep telling you, God will do it. God will do it. God, will do it. God has not done it since five years. You need people that will push you. People that when you are stupid, they will not tell you. It seems as if you are tending towards stupidity. They will, who will tell you you are stupid? No, people are too emotionally imbalanced that they don't want people to tell them the truth. They say, how will a pastor be saying people are stupid? So if you are stupid, what should we say? You are inversely wise. <laughs> inversely wise. Inversely wise. Ah, that one just came. Oh, Lord. Inversely wise. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. So how do you raise your level of self-esteem? I'm rounding up already, don't worry. I've already eaten into our prayer time, but we are still going to be praying. Are you ready to pray? Yes, Get rid of some people in your life. That's the first step. 
See, before we go into the spiritual path, don't worry, I'm not going to finish it tonight because I really want us to pray. I'll continue from there tomorrow. The first step is not pray and fast, God, take it away. No. The first step is get rid of certain people from your life. That's the first step. That's the first step. Ditch your low life, family, and friends because your friends determine your end. They will determine it. Proverbs 13 and verse 20, I love the way the Amplified Version puts it. It says, He who walks as a companion with wise men will be wise. But the companions of dull-witted fools, say they are dull. But in this age and time, that's not politically, politically correct. How can you say somebody is dull? But this is the Bible. He said, if you associate with dull fools, he says you will become a fool yourself. So ditch certain relationships. Avoid pity party. Some of us, no, it's still under number one. No. See, some of us, you want people that when something does not go right, they are just around saying, eh, well, eh, you want sympathy. You don't need sympathy, you need solutions. You don't need sympathy. You don't need sympathy. You need people that will sit you down and analyze why is it that this is not working. Okay, this is what I think you should do next. Those are the kind of friends you need. See, it's not every family member you should be close to. You may not like it, but it's the fact. Haven't you noticed that years after Joseph forgave his brothers, but he didn't live in the same place with them? Even though he forgave them. Have you ever thought about it? When they came back 13 years later, he provided for them a place to live, but he didn't live close to them at all. He didn't, he didn't even give them a land in Egypt. It was a house a place called Goshen. Even though they are forgiving you, that does not mean you should be close. Because some relationships are toxic to your destiny. They are toxic. The things they say, the kind of things they discuss, you think you are not being affected, but nobody is permanently insulated to certain conversations. When you hear it over time, you begin to think that way also. That's when you begin to complain about certain things and call it a waste. Something that's supposed to be a necessity. Begin to call it a waste. Because everyone around you considers it a waste. Number three, um, number two. I'm skipping number two. <laughs> that's why I said number three. Number two. And this is where I round up tonight. Never submit to the spiritual leadership of someone with a low self-esteem. It's dangerous to your death. See, I, sometimes I'm always amazed at how much a lot of believers don't take seriously the issue of church attendance. There are certain churches you should never go. Sometimes I don't know what people are looking for. What is not lost. You know the reason why the children of Israel stayed in the wilderness for another decade and more? was because of their spiritual leaders that told them we are not able. Some people say the reason why they don't come to church is because church is far. Is your work close? Some people go to churches that is next to their house because it's easier. But you didn't pick up a job because it's next to your house. Can't you see something is really wrong? But people go to entertainment centers and it is far. They go to the beach and it is far. They go to the cinema and it is far. But shush is far. 
I was surprised yesterday. I heard that there's someone that comes to church every Sunday from Obalindi. I know people that come from, I know someone comes from Suru, Liria, and a couple of other places. I know someone comes from Ayobo every Sunday. When I see people like that, my respect for them goes to another level because they know what they want. They know what they are looking for. I talk to some people, say, why are you not in church again? Because hey, I saw a church close to the house. Wow. See, this is not a matter of maybe uh, because I'm the pastor. But it just does not. I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand it. Did you go to a university because it was next to your house? In fact, some of us that our parents made us make those decisions. You know, some of us, we went to school because just, shall I go to school? Some of those schools is still limiting some of us here now. Because of the course you did. Study soil science. <laughs> Who is doing scientific research on soil in Nigeria? They said, just do it, just do it. And that's the way some people choose church too. A pastor that has a low self-esteem cannot give you a good self-esteem. In fact, he will dampen your beliefs. When you say, pastor, this year... I want to, I want to, I want to make sales of billions. You say, eh, how much do you make last year? Eh, pastor, actually, you know, I always ask you actually, one million. He said, ah, oh, you have to I'm not saying they are, they are very good, fantastic pastors all over the place, and I'm one of them. So I'm not saying I have to be the only one. I hear what I'm saying. But be careful who you listen to. Sometimes I don't understand how people do this thing. You attend the church. Let's assume you don't attend midweek service. 52 times a year, you listen to a man. And you think nothing has happened to you. Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and life. A man cannot give you what he doesn't have. You hear, go to a place where they are killing is demons, demons every day. You know what you'll be seeing everywhere? is demons. You can never see opportunity. You can never see advancement. It's demons you'll be seeing. It's one behavior. Ah, what's it today? Because what you will hear increases your capacity for recognition. So it is demons you will be seeing. So if it is demons you came to the world to see, go to where they are seeing demons. Some of these things may sound humorous, but in scripture I'm telling us. The reason they didn't make it was because of their leaders. Who will you give as an excuse? Will you give as an excuse? Will you give us an excuse? We're going to start out praying from where we started last night. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. 